Hi, everyone. This is Mignon Fogarty from the Grammar Girl podcast, and you're listening to the man who's trained more people to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, You've come to the right place. Podcast Answer Man presents The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Now, here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. I am back. Welcome to episode number 510. And the vlogging adventure continues, my friends. That's right. A whole other week consumed with my desire to take my vlogging efforts to a whole new level. Anyway, I wanted to share with you this week just a little bit about what's been going on here in my mind as it relates to vlogging and where does that fit into the content creation that I, as far as the content creation strategy that I have and am I going to do something crazy and actually think about doing something more on a daily basis with vlogging? Hmm. And last week's episode, I talked about the fact that so many people out there are trying to find success by getting their name out there because they feel like they need to create content every single day. That's how they, 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 that's what they see a bunch of other people doing. And because that's what they're doing, that's what they think is going to lead them to success And last week's episode, I talked all about the fact that I don't think it's the fact that somebody is putting out content every single day that leads them to success. I think what leads, it may be a small contributing factor to some things, but I believe that it also is a contributing factor to potentially overfeeding your audience with too much content. Um, At least in video, it's short form or should be maybe, possibly, maybe should it be in short form in video and maybe it's easier to consume that way. But um, my concern about vlogging daily has been this idea of what do I say every day that makes make it makes it worth like anybody's time or attention to consume this content. I mean, what is it that I'm going to do on a daily basis? I mean, there are times when for this podcast right here, there are times I'm sitting down thinking, okay, what on earth am I going to share in the podcast this week? And it's once a week. Now, with that being said, I'm no stranger to doing some, you know, daily type of content over the years. I used to have this show called Pursuing a Balanced Life, over 660 episodes of that show, and there were times when I did that daily, and I I think I mentioned last week that there have been times when I've done my vlog on a daily basis, even as recent as last year, and I wasn't vlogging daily last year for the purpose of finding great success, growing my YouTube audience or anything like that. I was doing it because I felt led to share 
my experience. I wanted to give people an inside glimpse into what my life looked like on a daily basis as a solopreneur, somebody who runs their own business, and to give people an idea of the not the glamorous lifestyle, although it can be glamorous at times, and I'm very honored to have a very glamorous life, you know, much of the time. But there are some very unglamorous things that go into uh, being a self-employed business owner, and I wanted to give people an authentic look into the day-to-day life of what was going on back back then, last year. And of course, that was right when I got excited about Snapchat. Snapchat, it made it super easy for me to create vlog content because it was 10-second clips at a time. I was was able to easily self-edit my vlog throughout the day. So at the end of the day, it was really just stringing a bunch of video clips together. And 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 so I started doing that, and I remember that I was, gosh, I, I, I vlogged all the way through my trip to New Zealand, and when I came back, I, I, I finally decided, okay, I'm not going to do vertical video, I'm going to do horizontal, and I'm going to start syndicating this out to YouTube. I decided to try to put it out as a as a video podcast as well. I wasn't too crazy about the results there. Video hosting of these files are pretty insane when it comes to the cost of that. Um, it, and YouTube, it's super cheap. So you just, a, a typical vlog post for me today is almost three to five gigabytes, maybe even more if it's a longer episode. And at 1080p, 60 frames per second, 15 minute vlog post, multiple gigs, that could get quite costly. And of course, yes, I could create multiple versions, create SD, standard definition versions, and make those available in the podcast. That, you know, and it just, it's like all of a sudden, it's just like so much work. And the one thing that I noticed, and, and I don't know if I, I actually had to go back and listen to episode 509 before I recorded today, because I know that yesterday, last week's episode was recorded pretty much last minute. And 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 because it was recorded last minute, I wasn't quite sure what what all did I say last week because you really got a stream of consciousness from me last week. And I was kind of shocked. Number one, I was wondering, how are people going to respond to this? It's been a while since I've done one of these kind of episodes. And I've gotten some great feedback from last week. So I, I, I assume it went over well. And But I had to go back and I had to listen to it. I didn't listen to everything. I skimmed it. Uh, but I, I got the gist of everything that I covered last week. But one thing I don't know is if I talked about how I've had a YouTube channel all the way since, I I think I just realized that my first video on YouTube was uploaded in, I think, April or May of 2007. And I've never yet, to this point, I've never taken YouTube seriously as a content channel that, that I would focus on growing an audience around. It has always been this kind of free video hosting platform where it doesn't cost me any money whatsoever to upload my videos as large as they might be and have them hosted there and then share them in social media and or share them as vlog po- or as posts or embedded videos on my website. That's really what I've used YouTube for. I've never really tried to build my audience there, to actually reach that audience, the audience of people. And by the way, they are mostly different people. We did talk about this last week, the fact that there are, there's going to be some crossover. There are some of you who are hearing my voice 
Some of you are already following my vlog, at, you know, my journey on YouTube. You've seen what I've been doing over the past week. And you're also tuned into this podcast. And that you represent, I would say, no more than a potentially as, as much as 20% of my audience. And I don't even think of it's that. Because what I found is that most people who, in, who are really into audio podcast consumption, they find that this is really, and I'm one of these people, that this is one of the most convenient means of consuming content with that no screen required and all the other good jazz. I mean, and, and so we podcast consumers, you know, most of us, it, it, we've never really been the type that follow a lot of YouTube channels. I mean, yeah, I, I, over the past couple of years, there's been a couple YouTube channels that, you know, I, I'm subscribed to and, and I might check them out every now and then. But over the past several years, there's never been any YouTube channel that I've checked out consistently, not even like once a month. Uh, it's more like I, I might check in and do like a YouTube binge for maybe a couple hours one weekend and then I don't touch YouTube again for for months and it's usually when I am doing something on YouTube when I go into those binges it's just because I was uploading a video in fact my my biggest use of YouTube over the past several years And by the way, I I just looked, there's 804 videos in my YouTube channel. Now, if you go to my YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft, if you go to my YouTube channel, you will not see 804 videos available to you. Uh, Most of those videos are unlisted. So what happens is when I do my weekly group coaching calls for my podcasting A to Z course, I'm recording the video of those calls. And at the end of every one-hour weekly group coaching call, I will take the recording of that and I upload it to my YouTube channel as an unlisted video. And, of course, there are four weekly group coaching calls in Podcasting A to Z. I'm currently in the third week of my 31st session. So you take uh, at least the prior sessions to this, you take 30 uh, times four so that, that's 120 of those videos. Boy, did I just do math live on the podcast? I probably messed that up. I should have asked, you know, the the cylindrical device behind me that's, whose name starts with an A. But um, anyway, I think I'm right there. That's probably 120 uh, different uh, videos that are accounted for. But where are the what are the other hundreds of, of videos? Most of them are one-off tutorials created for my A to Z students. So, for example. Somebody might say, hey, Cliff, I, matter of fact, somebody just asked me today, hey, Cliff, I, I noticed that you switched over from Soundbite and and iJingle, and now you're using on your iPad, you mentioned that you're using Soundboard Studio, which, by the way, if you're interested in learning, I have switched over to Soundboard Studio. I think it's about a $40 iOS app, which is pretty outrageous when you consider the average cost of an iOS app. But it was worth about, I think it was $38.99 or something like that. Anyway, it was worth it for me to switch over to it because I it made it so much easier for me to get files over to my iPad, the audio clips over to my iPad from my Dropbox account on my desktop. And other pieces of sound sound clip playing software, soundboards, if you will, 
they've not been as easy as Soundboard Studio. And so um, I had a student who noticed that, that I was using Soundboard Studio and says, hey, you know, I noticed this thing's 40 bucks. Why do you use this instead of the other ones? And so I created a short, probably three or four minute video that shows and demonstrates just how easy it is to take a sample WAV file from my desktop, put it in a Dropbox folder, and then immediately add it right to my desktop. And I create little tiny tutorials like that all the time throughout 31 sessions of A to Z now. And I probably do about seven, eight, maybe 10, as many as 10 little 10 minute or less video tutorials. These are not uploaded to my YouTube channel in a public fashion. They are uploaded as unlisted videos. Now, for those that don't know this, there are three different statuses of as far as your published ability, the published status in YouTube. There is unlisted, there is public, and there is private. Okay, so pu- public means that you've published it and anybody in the world can see it. It's going to show up in searches inside of Google search and also YouTube search. So if it's public, anybody in the world can see this and and they can browse it, come across it on your channel. They'll see it publicly. All of that good stuff. Then there is unlisted. Now, unlisted is what I have my videos to set up uh, to set for by default and when I pu- upload a video that's unlisted, anyone who has the link to that video or anybody who happens to be on a website where I've embedded that video can see it. So it's still open to the public. But what does unlisted mean? Unlisted videos on YouTube simply means that, number one, it's not going to show up on my channel anywhere. So if you look at my, if you go to youtube.com slash Ravenscraft and you click on videos, you're not going to see any of my unlisted videos there. Uh, My unlisted videos are not going to be recommended anywhere on YouTube. If you do a search for the title of any of my unlisted videos, it's not going to show up in any search results. However, and and, um, anyway, so I create these video tutorials, and I upload them. They're unlisted. That means nobody else is going to just randomly come across them. But what I can do is I can take the URL of that YouTube video, even though it's unlisted, if somebody, if I give somebody the link to it and they pull that video up in the browser, it will play for them. It, they don't have to be logged in. I didn't have to share it with their email address. It is, it is open for anyone in the public to see as long as they knew how to get it, okay? So I, I create these little one-off tutorials inside of my a to Z for my A to Z students. I upload them as unlisted videos and then I share the links with the students that I created them for. And the cool thing is, is I have this massive archive of videos and they're, you know, I have them available. I try to create them so that if this is a question that I think is going to come up again, I create the video without usually, usually I do it without mentioning the name of the person who's originally who I'm originally creating the video for, and and I but I pay, I say hey I just created this for you. But in the future, uh, if somebody sa- asks the same question, I say hey I had another student who asked that question. Here's a link to a video I created for them. Here's the answer you're looking for. Let me know if this helps. 
And so, I, I and again, I'm able to just share that unlisted video with them also. Now, of course, they could take that unlisted video and share it with all of their friends and embed it on their Facebook page and all that stuff. It, it's publicly available, no big deal. But it, but an unlisted video simply means it, people aren't just going to randomly come across it without it being intentionally shared somewhere. Another use of unlisted videos for me is there's a lot of content in my podcast development newsletter, which by the way, if you're not aware of this, every Friday I give away some of my best tips, tools, advice, techniques, strategies, uh, software solutions, all kinds of the best advice that I've given in over 10 plus years of being a podcast consultant. If you are interested in podcasting, if you already have a podcast, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, then you got to check out my weekly podcast development newsletter. Head over to podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. Now, most of those newsletter updates contain a link to a video where I'm giving you that valuable tip, tool, advice, technique, or strategy. And those videos, most of them, not all, some of them I put out publicly. And I have, I do have a little bit of a strategy there. But um, for most of those videos are unlisted. And the only people who are ever going, that I'm ever going to tell about those videos that are made specifically for the newsletter are the people who are signed up for my newsletter. And so, yeah. And and the reason why I don't put all of those video tutorials and tech tips and techniques and all that stuff into my YouTube channel is because, well, I don't want anybody to think, well, gosh, I, I don't need to subscribe to his newsletter. I can just subscribe to his YouTube channel and get all of this stuff. And here's the deal. Not every newsletter update is going to be a video. Sometimes it's it's an audio file that you might want to listen to. Uh, or, and many times, it is just text only. It's, it's got some valuable information and some links there that you might be interested in that could help you take your podcasting efforts to a whole different level than you ever dreamed possible. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. But anyway, Unlisted videos, that's what those are. And then there are private videos. That's the third status in in YouTube. And private videos I've never used. But private videos are ones where you can upload the video and the only people who will ever be able to see it are people who are, you, you would type in the email address of the Google user that you wanna share it with and they have to log in with their Google account assigned to that email address and then they can view your video. I've never done that because, well, first of all, I don't want to say, hey, what's your, what, do you, what email address do you have attached to your Google account? I, that would be crazy. But I have created a bunch of like personal videos. Like if I'm following up with somebody who said, hey, Cliff, I'm thinking about taking your podcasting A to Z course and I, I'm, I'm more than likely going to sign up for your September 18th session, for example. And so when it gets closer to that event, if I wanted to do a very personal follow-up instead of just writing them a text-based email, I might create a short little video on YouTube and put it up as unlisted just for that individual. I might say, hey, Joe, it's Cliff here and, and, and in video form. And I just wanted to create this private personal video invitation to follow up with you inviting you to my next session of Podcasting A to Z that's coming up on September 18th, 2017. I would love to be your personal coach for four weeks, um, walking you through every single step and finally successfully launching that podcast about real estate investing that you've been talking about. So I might create that video. Once I'm finished, I upload it to YouTube. 
unlisted. I, I could share it as a private video where only that person could ever see it, but really the only person that's ever gonna see it is that person because I'm not sharing that link with anyone else. Although that person, let's just say Joe receives this email with the link to this unlisted video, and if he shares it with, if he puts a link to it on his Facebook page, then everybody on Facebook that follows him could see that video that I created for him, which by the way, is perfectly fine with me. It's like if, if Joe says, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. This is why I am absolutely signing up for Cliff's podcasting A to Z course. He's just a, you know, it's it's not just about, you know, making money with him. He, he really personally follows up. He remembered that I was going to create a podcast about real estate investing and this personal touch, it's not just a you know copy and paste email. This was a custom message he created just for me. I, you know, the, the, I like when people you know do these things. And of course, if that if he was to share that on Facebook and put a link to that unlisted video, that's perfectly fine. If it was a private video, he couldn't share it with anyone. And it, and also the same thing. If if you know, with the nice thing about these unlisted YouTube videos. If somebody takes my newsletter content, which by the way, here's the deal, just a little tip for you. If you subscribe to my newsletter and you click on one of the videos that are contained in my newsletter and you think, hey, this is extremely valuable and you know that if you happen to be participating in a group of other podcasters and you think that they might benefit from it, I give you my permission to take the link to my YouTube video from the newsletter that you just received and embed that, just paste it into a message in Facebook to the group of people that you know that might benefit from it. And and by the way, even if it's unlisted, in fact, I make sure that when I upload these unlisted uh, podcast development newsletter updates, when I update them, the, the description of the video normally says, want more great podcasting tips like this? question mark and then it's got a link to podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter so by all means guys feel free to go ahead and share those links but i share all of that to say that that everything that i just told you about that my friends is what i've been using youtube for that that is that literally i have never considered using youtube for anything more than those things and even when I was vlogging last year, I wasn't really taking YouTube seriously as a platform. If I was, I would not have been just, <laughs> I would not have just been syndicating my Snapchat stories over to a YouTube vlog because I don't think that those made for particularly high quality vlogs that the average YouTube person would find a visually appealing. Okay, was the content good? I believe so. In fact, several of my close friends who who are very picky about how they spend their time and where what con- content they consume, I had some very, you know, very choosy people who were choosing to watch my my vlogs on the YouTube channel who did not follow me on Snapchat. And, and they told me how much value they found in it. However, the thing is, is that the way that I was doing those vlogs last year was not going to really gain the attention of, of the average YouTube user that's used to all these amazing high quality. I mean, there, there are some of them out there doing 4K YouTube vlogs now. Uh, I, I don't have any anticipation of doing that anytime soon. I, I think it's a pretty big upgrade going from my my finely horizontal 
Snapchat stories being syndicated over to my channel um, all the way up to what I'm using now, which is 1080p, 60 frames per second. So here's the thing. Um, I started all of this by saying that I'm rethinking more, not rethinking, I'm, I'm giving continued thought to something I addressed last week. And, and I kind of criticized the idea of people who are out there vlogging daily. But more, and I still think the criticism that I was giving there is that I don't think daily vlogging is what makes you a success. So for example, I, what I was saying last week is that I believe there are a lot of people whose ultimate goal is to get anywhere between 1 million to 10 million subscribers on YouTube so that they can make all of their money from YouTube ads on YouTube and they can sit back and and that's their lifestyle, just daily being paid to create video content on YouTube. And there are a lot of people who think that that's what their ultimate goal and desire is and they believe that what's going to get them there is by putting out a new vlog episode every single day. And again, I, my, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. So, the, but the thing is, is what other criticisms are there of daily vlogging? And, and I, there is another criticism that I have of daily vlogs. And that is where people are trying to come up and, oh, you know what? I did actually say, you know, I, I did have this criticism last week where I talked about the guy, uh, Fun for Louie. Uh, he was on a date with his girlfriend and, and you know, here she is sitting there at, at dinner table with this perfect romantic sunset setting and he's off, you know, setting up his camera. And even Casey Neistat, who I also mentioned last week, I just watched another video from him this week. I watched a couple. Anyway, I was watching another video from him when he, you know, um, was recording a, a road trip from New York City down to uh, Cape Canaveral, Florida. Anyway, just the the amount of time where he is out doing drone footage and stuff like that, and he gets back in the car, and his wife Candace is there. Actually, I don't think they were married at the time, but anyway, his girlfriend Candace was in the car at the time, and and uh, he he just got this one little audio clip that was in there, and you could see her face, and he says, "Sorry, that took so long." You know, this idea of creating content on a consistent basis, it's a lot of work or it can be a lot of work. So, you know, there, there, and of course, I was doing daily vlogging last year for a couple months and I don't know that I actually want to get into a place where I'm committing to myself. I'm going to vlog every day for the next 30 days or 60 days. I, I'm big on commitments and stuff like that and but this is not something that I feel led to commit to this, you know, this vlogging on a daily basis. But with that being said, I've been creating a new video practically every day for the last several days on YouTube and I've been enjoying it. And one thing I heard somebody talk about, I can't remember who it was, but I heard somebody talk about the idea of the vlog being this way of creating an archive of a season of your life where where it's like you're it's journaling in essence and when it comes to journaling who's really going to be interested in that and for some i guess when it comes down to it there when i created the pursuing a balanced life podcast which was all audio it was my audio journal 
And I created a, I created most of that content for myself. You know, I've documented. I've got this audio documentation of me from the time I was first discovering podcasting, uh, just a couple months into it, and then all the way from thinking for the very first time, I wonder if I could do this for full-time, find a way to make podcasting my full-time career. And then I was at the place where I'm like, okay, um, you know, I think I, I think I want to do this. These are the conversations people are telling me how I could turn this into a full-time business. And and then I th- documented the leaving my job, giving my notice, and then finally leaving my job. The, there was a three-month notice, by the way, from the time I told my dad I was leaving the family-run business to when I actually started my full-time career as a, as a podcast consultant and coach and content producer. And so during that three-month period of time, I created a lot of Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast content and the ups and downs emotionally, mentally, all of that stuff, that's all documented. And then that first year of podcasting, I have audio journals of all of that. And so I can go back and get all of that stuff out of the archives and just to kind of see what my mindset was then and kind of think, oh my gosh, and I used to worry about that. I used to have anxiety over that, but man, I didn't have anything to worry about. Why Why was I so worried? Why was I so anxious about that? Which, by the way, helps me to think about where I am today with the anxieties and worries and the fears that I may be facing today. And, and by the way, if you're not, if you don't have any anxiety, any fear or any worry about what you're getting ready to do, whether or not it's going to fail and fall and you're going to fall on your face, then I, you know, I wonder, are, are you taking enough risk in life to, to take things to the next level? Because I'm always facing new challenges and new challenges that I force upon myself because I want to grow. I want to do new things. So, you know, here's the deal. I, I, I like the idea of creating a vlog for the purpose of documenting a season of life. And I no longer have Pursuing a Balanced Life. I stopped doing that audio podcast. I just I just stopped it a couple years ago when I start, when I transitioned when Podcast Answer Man became the Cliff Ravenscraft show. I figured, well, once a week I will kind of use I will bring some of this documentation of of my journey here into this podcast. And I have done that. But there are certainly some things that come up throughout the week that you know, that I don't actually bring to this podcast. And there's a lot more personal stuff that I don't bring to this podcast. And it's not like I'm trying to hide anything. It's just like, I'm. it's like what makes good sense for this to be in this particular podcast. And there are some of those things that, eh, it's, you don't need a lot of that stuff in here. Or I don't think that it needs to be in here. And so the cool thing about, vlogging is it allows me this place to kind of share random thoughts and and it's also a place where I'm able to kind of document where I'm at in this area in this place of life and also it gives me an opportunity to share a behind the scenes look into what some of my days might look like here in my business something that I do enjoy sharing with people because I believe that there are many people out there who I have been called to help and to serve. And what I'm talking about is, I obviously, I, I believe that 
I've been called and help to to help and serve people get their message out to a, 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 a totally awesome worldwide audience through the power of audio podcasting. And I absolutely love that about my calling and what I'm doing and and plan to continue to do that for many years to come. But I also have this calling to help a group of people out there who have started to put their message out online, you know, sharing their thoughts and and valuable experience around a passion of theirs. And these are people who have a day job and they've, they're they living the life of an employee. But I believe that there are many of those people who were not created to live the life of an employee. I believe that there are a number of people out there who, like me, were created to to live the life of a self-employed person. And I have a desire and a passion for helping those people uncover what does it take to build a successful and profitable online business around the work that you love, where you can take your unique gifts, talents, passions, the things that you feel called to do in life, the things that give you a great sense of meaning and purpose and fulfillment. How can you make a living? How can you create a business where you get paid to do that? to do those things that you're gifted at. How and of course the important thing is finding that intersection between those gifts, talents and passions and the marketplace. What people will actually pay you for. And there are a lot of things where it may be more difficult than others to find that connection. In fact, I got a YouTube one of my viewers on my YouTube channel, uh, Don Belleville uh, left me a YouTube comment on one of the videos that I just put on my one of the vlogs I just put out, and he says, "Hey Cliff, I love your videos. I am a podcaster who just released his twentieth episode. I do a podcast similar to your Lost podcast. Is it possible to make money doing a podcast like this? All right, so I'm going to answer Don's question here in this podcast. And so Don, if you happen to be listening." Um, it is possible to make some money from doing a podcast similar to my lost podcast. Now we have to determine, uh, we need to describe what I mean when I say similar. Now, when I, when I, when I think about my lost podcast and the fact that of its ability to generate some income, the things that I will tell you are that number one, the, um, the number of people who were interested in the TV show lost were in the many millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people. Lost was an absolute, uh, what did you call that? A viral television hit throughout the world, okay? So um, the question is, is, is the if you're doing a TV show fan podcast, are you doing a TV, a, a podcast about a TV show that has that size of an audience? And I don't know, you could go and look and see, you know, how many people viewed the TV show Lost, just Google that, and then take whatever, you're, you didn't tell me what your TV show is that you're doing your podcast about, so I don't know, um, but you could actually go in and, and do some research and find how, to, how many people view your show. Now, if it's Game Game of Thrones, absolutely. If it's Walking Dead, absolutely. Um, if it's something, if it was Breaking Bad when Breaking Bad was out, absolutely. 
all of those shows, those are similar to my Lost podcast, okay? When, when you got a show that has that kind of an audience. Now, if it happens to be a, you know, a, I don't, I'm trying to think of a TV show uh, that, that just doesn't have as much appeal. Let's just say it's a, a 30-minute sitcom, and, and sure, there's a lot of people that watch it, but it's, it's not like this worldwide phenomenon where people everywhere the next day at work go in and talk about that particular show. That's what Lost was, and that's what Games, Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and all those other shows were, okay? So if, if your show is a massively worldwide phenomenon that people are engrossed in, then yeah, I think it's possible for you to make generate some income from that particular podcast. And the thing is, is of course, how many people do you have subscribed to your show? Are you creating excellent content uh, that is valuable? Does it enhance the enjoyment of the show? Do you take time to research things that are being told in the storyline and bring background information that actually makes the people who might go to work the next week and say, hey, remember we were talking about what we saw in Game of Thrones? Did you know this? And you, you're able to start, like, basically, does your content help people make, does your content make people kings of the water cooler? That's what Stephanie and I tried to do with our podcast. We tried to bring some valuable insights into the mysteries of that show. Now, I don't watch Game of Thrones yet. I, I probably will wait until it's all done and then watch the whole thing. Um, I don't. I did watch Breaking Bad, but I only watched it after it was all done. But there, there are podcasts out there about these TV shows and these wildly popular shows have diehard fans who will subscribe to a podcast. In fact, when I was watching Lost, I and even before I created my own Lost podcast, there were already, I think, five other podcasts devoted to Lost. And I subscribed to every one of them and listened to every episode of every one of them. And I was not the only one, by the way. So if there's already other podcasts out there competing with yours, it's not a big deal. As long as you are creating content that keeps you near the top of of what's available. Your audio quality is good, and the content that you're bringing to your audience is, is top notch. All right, so if you have those things, then you have something similar to my Lost Podcast. Now, how do you monetize those? What what are the monetization options there? Really, I believe there are uh, two are closely related. One is a sponsorship, and one is advert. You know, is is advertising. So sponsorship and advertising. If your show is hitting, you know, ten thousand or more subscribers, then you could make a little bit of money from the from an advertiser. You know, they'll pay you so many dollars. Let's just say 20 or $30 per thousand downloads. Okay, so you could be bringing in, you potentially bring in a couple hundred dollars per episode. And if you're putting out one or two episodes a week, uh, depending on how you do your show, with our Lost podcast, we did an initial reaction podcast, and then we also did the weekend review. So the initial reaction was just talking about, oh my gosh, what did we just see? And then the weekend was, oh my gosh, here's what we missed when we watched it the first time. And we would always play the clip. We're going to have to watch that again. And those who are Lost fans know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, so if you have two shows, I mean, if you have a couple episodes or even if you're doing once a week, you still, a couple hundred dollars per episode is very 
doable. Now, where do you get those advertisers? That's a whole nother story for another podcast, but it is possible. Now, you could also work out a sponsorship deal. And a sponsorship deal is where you go where if, let's just say somebody has, I have nothing, again, I know nothing about Game of Thrones, but maybe Game of Thrones has this manufacturer who's creating Game of Thrones jewelry in their Etsy store or something like, I have no idea. All right, and and maybe it's it's got, well, you get you get the idea. Somebody's creating merchandise just for games, game of games, Game of Thrones fans. Easy for me to say. And if there's if there's content or products and services that are being made specifically for fans of that TV show, then your target audience is exactly who they want to reach. And you could probably work out a flat fee sponsorship per episode kind of deal. And that is uh, where, let's just say you say, hey, you know, I've got this podcast with these many subscribers. Here's what I want to do. How about you pay me $400 per episode and I put you in at least, you know, two episodes per month for the next three months. Or you could, you know, work out whatever. It, It doesn't matter. But again, we're still talking a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, which by the way, if this is just a hobby, it's certainly gonna cover your cost for creating the content, right? Um, affiliate income is another opportunity. It dep- and affiliates is where it, the people are not paying you up front. You get paid a commission for every th- item you sell. If there's some sort of company or business out there that has product or, products or services where they offer affiliate relationships, this is where there's absolutely no risk on them. So they, they don't have to pay you for ad, you know, to advertise on your show for the mentions on your show. And with the risk of actually not making a return on that investment. Whereas if affiliate income uh, and if affiliate advertising, if you have somebody out there who offers a commission for every time you sell something, if they use your link or your promo code, then um, you could be making affiliate commission. So that th- those are all three in the same vein. Now, here's the thing. Here's another thing. If you happen to be doing this and this isn't a real business pursuit, but this is just something you're doing on the side, then there is another opportunity for you to make some income, and it's just donations. And uh, today, it's made very simple using a service called Patreon, patreon.com. And patreon.com is helping a lot of people out there monetize their hobbies. And the the thing is, with Patreon, you know, you might be able to get some people out there that contribute a dollar a month and you know, you get a couple hundred people who do that per month and it could add up. It's not what I would recommend for anybody who's looking to build a business. But the question you've asked here, Don, is, is it possible to make money doing a podcast devoted to a TV show? If all of the things that I said above are correct, then yeah, you could monetize it. You could bring in a couple hundred dollars. You could. I could easily see you bringing in even a thousand dollars a month pretty easily maybe even two thousand dollars per month uh and and if you have an audience of fifty thousand or more you could probably amplify that income even a little bit more now the thing is though those are not the kind of numbers that are going to allow you to make this hobby into a full-time career so that's a whole different ball game but dom don i hope that answers your question now, where did I where did I get into that question and how does that fit in other than the fact that Don is 
one of those people who listened to the podcast, but also was watching the vlog and he asked that question and I wanted to answer it here. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But anyway, so I answered that. Um, real quickly, I do want to tell you that I have been watching a lot of YouTube content for the purpose. Oh, I, okay, here's where I was going with this. I, I said everything that I said at the open of the show just to say this. Up until this year, I've never really considered creating a content strategy for my YouTube channel. I've never wanted to really pursue growing a YouTube audience, going after the growth of an entirely new audience. But that, I believe, is changing for me. Now, I still want to be known as the Podcast Answer Man. My primary focus, my primary channel for for the growth of my business, podcastanswerman.com, is helping people create audio podcasts. But the thing is, though, is that it's, for me, um, that I have a whole new realm of products and services that I'm offering these days. So, yes, I am still helping people successfully launch their audio podcasts, but I am also... I am now very (laughs) almost in demand at this point in the area of online business coaching and consulting and mentorship, okay? So I now have a lot of people who are coming to me who say, Cliff, I want to build a business around the content that I'm creating. Now, obviously, most of those people are podcasters. But when I just did my Next Level workshop recently here in the Next Level studio, Back in June, I had a few people who were here that don't have a podcast, and when they left, they did not plan to have a podcast, but they were able to take all of the things that I was talking about, and and the thing is, is that that workshop is building an online business around your, uh, uh, building a profitable online business around your podcasting efforts is how that was actually marketed it. But I had people say, hey, Cliff, I don't plan on creating a podcast. I don't have a podcast, but I do have a YouTube channel or I do have an email newsletter or I do have a blog. Do you think that your workshop will work great for me? I'm like, absolutely it will. And so uh, it's the idea is to, to have a channel that you are focused on where you are putting out valuable free content where people can come to know, like, and trust you. And as long as you're, you're doing that and you're building an audience, I can teach you how to build a profitable online business. What goes into that if that's, if that's your goal? So I do have this, this whole workshop and also mentoring that I'm doing for some individuals one-on-one. I have a whole spend the day with Cliff package. I have a couple mentoring clients that I meet with a couple times a month. Um, those kind of things that I'm doing, and it's not podcasting related at all. And again, not abandoning the podcast stuff, but I'm expanding the offering to help people with online businesses. You see, when I first started out, I did not have any experience in building an online business. I was just trying to figure out how to build an online business while having a business teaching people how to podcast, which is something I had lots of experience in. But now I have more than a decade of experience in teaching people or in in building a profitable online business and also have rubbed shoulders with some of the most successful online business entrepreneurs in the world. 
and and being a part of uh, close relationships and friendships with people like Michael Hyatt, Dan Miller, Pat Flynn. Um, who else did I leave out? Ray Edwards, a bunch of other people, Amy Porterfield. These people are my, Michael Stelzner, these people are my close personal friends and they're wildly successful. And over the years, I've had ongoing regular conversations, many of them in a weekly conversation uh, through mastermind groups and then all these other things that we've done together. And so I've not just learned from my experience in building an online business, but I've watched and and seen the growth of the things that they're doing. I've actually had conversations about the decisions they're making. So I just have so much more value to offer the world these days and what it takes to genuinely grow a profitable online business around the work that you love. And as a result of that, um, I know that that is appealing to people who are audio podcasters because people who are audio podcasters are signing up for my next level workshop, which by the way, my next one's coming up on August 18th and 19th. You can learn more and sign up today if you want over at podcastanswerman.com slash next level workshop. But anyway, I, I, I'm definitely wanting to go ahead and move forward and get to, to get serious about pursuing a completely different audience. Again, knowing there's some overlap there, but I am going to be pursuing an entirely different audience who would never discover me if all I was creating was audio podcasts. Now, trust me, I'm, I've been discovered by a lot of people. I, I don't think anybody would argue with me if I told you there's over 1.5 million people in this world who, if you brought up the topic of podcasting, they would bring my conversa- or my name into the conversation. Over 1.5 million people. And I've been able to do that. By the way, I've never advertised. Uh, I've never paid to advertise anywhere. And I've done all of that just by creating my own consistent weekly audio podcast and being the guest on other people's podcasts and building relationships and serving people who have become my clients and students over the years. And that's how I've been able to achieve that, just through an audio podcast. But the thing is, though, is there, I believe there are a lot of people out there who are in the YouTube world and have a lot of gifts and talents and they have a desire to serve and build relationships with people. They, they have a lot of the same, uh, they have a lot of the same attributes and traits that would make somebody a successful online entrepreneur or self-employed business owner. And so, but but they're out there creating YouTube content. They're they're creating awesome tutorials and and instructional videos that are that are really having a powerful and positive impact on people's lives. And I believe that my next level workshop and some of the other things that I'll be offering in the future would be equally applicable to that YouTube audience as it would be my audio podcasting audience. And so I am I am getting serious about this. In fact, um, I will tell you that last week I wrote down as I was as I was going through uh, listening. Remember, I told you I had to listen back to last week's episode to figure out what did I say last week. And last week I told you I was at seven thousand six hundred and seventy-two subscribers, and as of today, I'm at 7,682 subscribers or 83 subscribers. So I've added 11 new subscribers since last week. And I am excited about that. I am super excited about 11 new subscribers to my vlog. 
And I get it. I there's some some of those eleven subscribers are probably some of you who are listening to this podcast. You heard me talk about my channel last week, which is perfectly fine. But the reality is, is I know that there are going to be, and I know some of those eleven people are people who would have never heard about me if I wasn't creating YouTube content. And I am getting aggressive about wanting to grow my YouTube audience. In fact. I'm just going to state it right here. My goal is to be over 8,000 subscribers by the end of August. And I'm, I am spending a lot of time on YouTube researching what does it take to be successful in growing your reach in YouTube. And the good news is I have a friend who specializes in teaching people stuff this, my friend Tim Schmoyer from videocreators.com. But uh, my friend Tim Schmoyer is an expert in helping people with YouTube growth. I have my friend Amy Schmittauer uh, from Sexy Savvy Social, I believe is her channel. Uh, But anyway, Amy's a friend of mine. I could reach out to her. And I've got a bunch of other people who I know that are in the YouTube space um, that are experts there. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be learning from them. I'm doing a bunch of other research on from how to create excellent video content. I'm really improving my production value. I talked about all the gear last week and and I've been talking about all this other stuff. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking my production value to the next level. But I'm also researching, you know, how, how to make more, how to make YouTube thumbnails that grab people's attention, how to get better titles so that, that you show up in more search results for people who would be within your target audience, um, you know, tagging your YouTube channels and and form formatting your show in such a way that grabs people's interest right from the get-go and and all of that stuff there's a lot to learn but i'm 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 committed to this i'm not committed to creating a to to create here's what i'll say i'm gonna think this through here before i spit it out i'm not committing to daily vlogging but if i create a new vlog post every day for the for the next two months so be it But if I miss a day or two or three or four, that's perfectly fine as well. My goal would be to make sure that I'm consistent with publishing new content to my YouTube channel. For me, that means once a week. And if I do more than that, that's perfectly fine, I think, in the YouTube space from what I'm understanding. And um, yeah, and, and, and my goal is to reach some new people using video on YouTube content made for YouTube, not repurposed to YouTube, but content for YouTube for the express purpose of reaching people with my message that would never listen to me in an audio podcast, or at least not yet. Not until they get to know me, and then all of a sudden they keep hearing me talk about audio podcasting in my vlog, and then they say, oh my gosh, I got to check out what's this world of podcasting, and then I can have even a greater impact in the world when they when they really discover the convenience of consuming audio content on a consistent basis and how that can radically alter uh, their lives. Anyway, that's what's been going on, my friends. That's what's on my mind. And with that being said, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to me chat about these things. I appreciate each and every one of you. Again, um, if you want to follow me on my YouTube channel, you can follow me over at 
youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. Although I'm not creating this content for you guys, I am creating it specifically for a new audience of people out there who would never hear about me anyway. But I'd be honored to have you guys follow me if you're so inclined to do so. Um, and, and again, just remember, if you ever see anything that I share on YouTube that you think is valuable, feel free to share that with the world in any platform you want to share it with. So that would be awesome. And again, if you guys are thinking about launching your own audio podcast, my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up on September 18th. And you can learn more about Podcasting A to Z and register today at podcastinga2z.com. But the next thing that I've got going on, if you've been wanting to create a profitable online business that allows you to leave the day job, uh, if you are making, if you have an online business and you're making anything less than $5,000 a month consistently every single month, if you're making less than $5,000 per month in your online business efforts, and that includes those of you who are making zero, uh, if you're making less than 5K per month consistently, then the next level workshop is just for you. I wanna help you create an online profitable business around the work that you love. Come out August 18th and 19th is when that event is. Again, that's August 18th and 19th, just a couple weeks away. You can come here in my studio see the space that the the house that podcasting built and there are already an amazing group of people who I've been in, engaging with in the Facebook group that is set up just for this next workshop here in August and um they're all eagerly anticipating the 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 day and a half that we're going to spend together that I believe is going to have a radical and profound impact on their online business efforts and I believe that if you were to come, I could help open your eyes into what it's going to take and and give you the step-by-step formula. You'll you'll leave here knowing exactly what it is you need to do in what order and so, so that you can focus on the next right thing for building your profitable online business. You can learn more about that and register for the Next Level Workshop over at podcastanswerman.com slash next level workshop. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash next level workshop. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next week, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast Answer Man.